Okay, we're going to start here on the bottom of Tevavu Mebed by the two dots, just to go over the last piece that we did yesterday, which is the issue of Klei Zuchuchit. That was one of the Gzairot that we saw. And the Gemara wants to know, my time of Gazur Bahu Rabban and Tumah. Why did Klei Zuchuchit, which Mina Torah are completely Teorim, why did they require Gzairah to make them Tmeim? So, Am Rabbi Yochan Amerish Lachesh Hol V'tfilat Briyatan Minachol. Since they are created originally from sand, Shavina Rabbanan Kiklicharis, the Rabbanan made them like earthenware utensils. Since they are both formed from materials of the ground, we don't want people becoming confused between Kleizuchit and Kleicharis, saying, well, if glass utensils are Teorim, then Kleicharis would also be Teorim. It must be that things that are derivatives of sand, the ground, the earth, the clay, those are Teorim, and they'll come to the wrong conclusion. So therefore they said, Kleizuchit should also be Tmeim. That's the case. You shouldn't be able to be tahir them in the mikveh because we know klicheres. The only way to be tahir klicheres is shviratam he teharatan. You have to break them in order for them to be tehorim. So why by glass do you not have to break it in order to be to be tehor? Why don't we have the same requirements as klicheres? How do I know that you can take glass to the mikveh? Because we have a Mishnah. These are the items that create a chatzitza and kelim. A chatzitza is something that blocks the item from coming into contact with the waters of the mikveh. In order to become tahor, one has to come into contact with the waters of the mikveh. If there's anything to divide between either the individual, the utensil, and the waters of the mikveh, the item is not tahor if it's something that you're makpida of, something that you care about. If it's something that's irrelevant to you, then it would not necessarily be a chatzitza. Now with glass, glass is very slippery. It's hard to stick things to glass. And because of that, most items will not be considered a chatzitza by glass because they'll slide off by themselves. They'll come off by themselves. People are not makpid on it because you really don't have to do anything for it to come off, but it'll come off by itself. The exception that is, that is pitch and murgam by glass utensils those are chutzates because they are very sticky. They bind tightly to the glass and therefore they are considered to be chatzitza. Now, if you're talking about chatzitza by kleizokukit, that means you're talking about mikveh. By klicheres, chatzitza is irrelevant because you never take it to the mikveh. So the fact that the Mishnah is discussing chatzitza in the context of kleizokukit thinks that they think that the kleizokukit are teorin through being put into the mikveh. Where it says, okay, my askinan, what's the case here? case here is where there's a hole in the glass utensil, and he plugs the hole with lead, fills that hole with the lead. Rabbi Meir, he, according to the sheet of Rabbi Meir, what determines the nature of the kli is the item that makes it functional. So here, the glass kli had a hole in it, so it wasn't functional until you plugged the hole. Once you plugged the hole, then it became functional. So what's making this kli into what it is? What is the mamid of the kli? The lid. So Rabbi Meir says that makes it into a kli matechet. Titania, kli zuchukit she nikvu, v'hitif l'tochan avar, kli zuchukit that get a hole in them, and then you plug the hole with lead. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Rabbi Meir mitamei v'chachamim mitaharim. Rabbi Meir says it's tamei because it has a din of kli matechet. As it did in Klei Metechet, Klei Metechet are Mechavel Tumah, and it's a full-fledged utensil that is classified like metallic utensils. Not that they're Metahir the Gamre, not that they say that it's Tahor the Gamre, they say that it's Tahor from being a Klei Metechet, 
But then it's governed by the gzera that we have here, the klezu kuchit of mikabel tumah. Can't be that it's not a klematechet, not a klezu kuchit. It's got to be one of the two. So Rabbi Meir thinks it's a klematechet, and the chachamim think that it's a klezu kuchit. It's tamei, but whether it's tamei deoraita or tamei derabanan, and whether you need a beit kibud or other things that will make a difference, whether it's klematechet or klezu kuchit. Elamiato. That's the case. So we've solved our problem now that why is it that it can get into the mikveh? That's the case of Rabbi Meir where he classified it as clay matechet. But in Ochanami, we're going to say now the glass is like clay cheres. And if glass is like clay cheres, and it doesn't go to the mikveh, you have to break it in order to retire it. But there are other unique properties to clay cheres, which is, el miata lo litamei mi gaban. are not to be kabel tumah from their outside. There are other items that are unique about a clay cheres. It's also mi tumah mi aviro. In its airspace on the inside. So those are unique properties of earthenware utensils is that they have tumah only internally. Internally, it's whether it touches the clay or whether it's in the airspace of the clay. And they also do not accept tumah from their outside. We have a Mishnah. Clay cheres, u clay neter. So when you're talking about earthenware utensils, Rashi says clay netar min adamalipana. It's some sort of white clay or white earth that is used to make the clay. Tumatan shaveh. The tumah is equal or on the same plane, which is mitamim u mitamin. That means that they accept tumah and they convey tumah. Mi'avirihen. That's internally. In the internal airspace, they can accept tumah and they can pass on tumah. But, u mitamin me'achoreim ve'ein mitamim mi'gabehen. They do accept tumah from their back and they don't accept tumah from their back. So here you have to differentiate what is a chor and gav. So Rashi claims that, think about a goblet, like a kiddush cup. An example, a kiddush cup on a stem. You have a kiddush cup on a stem, you have the clay kibul, which is the place where you put the wine. At the bottom of the stem, there's the base of the cup. If you turn that over, upside down, that base has a beit kibul in it. That base over here is what Rashi calls achorehim. That's the achor of the cup. Migabehen is the outside of the cup where you hold the wine. The outside area of that cup. So that's what Rashi says. When the Mishnah says that they are mitamim me'achorehem, that's that base. Because that base underneath, that's where they do accept Tumah. Ve mitamim me'gabehem means the outer side of the clay kibul where you put the wine. Ushviratan mitaharatan. And like we said before, klicheres, the way to be metaheret is to break it. Kleineter u klicheres hu de tumatan shaveh. The Mishnah is particular about what's in this category. It says klicheres, kleineter, avomide achrine, lo. But anything else is not in this category. Well, if klezu chukrit have the same din as klicheres, there should have been a third item that is mentioned in the Mishnah. Why is klezu chukrit absent in this Mishnah? Amre. The Chachamim were actually straddling the fence here. They made into a clay zukuchit, into a klicheres, because of where it derives from. On the other hand, they didn't make it completely like a klicheres, because it has a property that is not similar to klicheres. When you break earthenware utensils, they are not functional and they cannot be put back together again. That's it. That's the end of their utility. On the other hand, when it comes to 
glass. If you break glass, you can melt the glass again and start from scratch. You can put it back together. That is similar to clay matechot, metallic kalim. Metallic kalim, if you break or they break, you can put them back together again. Now over here, Tosfot points out that the girsons, the girsons that we have is, lo amrei kemedet kinishtabru yeshlem takana. Tosfot points out that there was a girsa, Ella. There was a gears that had the word Ella in it, and Tosfot says, Lo Garcina and Ella. Ella means we're rejecting what we said before, and now we're making a new conclusion. If you say that, that means that the Gemara is leaving Clay Feres and saying that Clay Zukukit is now Clay Matechet. And that's what Tosfot says is not correct. The Gemara here is not rejecting that it's a Clay Feres. The Gemara is explaining is that it's a Clay Feres plus. Right, exactly. It's straddling the two sides of the fence, which is that it is like a clay ferris, but it also like a clay matechet. So, elamiata, yachzurul, tumatan, yeshana, kikli matechot. That's the case, they should go back to their original tumah, like metallic kelim. Which is interesting, there's a special din der abanan, that by metallic kelim, if you break the metallic kelim, they lose their tumah. They are tahor, like any other keli. If you destroy it, it's tahor. But, with the other keli, if you reconstitute the kli, or you put it back together, they become a kli prospectively. From that point forward, they are a kli. But anything that happened before is meaningless to this kli. On the other hand, by kli metechet, and we'll get to this in the second half of the daf, when you reconstitute the kli, it retains its original tumah. Not prospectively, but retroactively, it accepts the Tumah that it had before, and it's as if it was never Tahor. Why? We'll discuss that in a couple of minutes. But that is a unique property of metallic kelim. If that's the case, and we're saying now that glass is like metal or metallic kelim, then it should also have that property. That when you break it and reconstitute it, it's not prospectively possible to get Tumah, but it should even retroactively have Tumah. It's not. Klema techot. When it comes to metallic kelim, shutehem umikablehem tmeim. Number one, one unique property of metallic kelim is both if it is a clayky bull, which is that it's a receptacle, it's mikabel tumah, and shutehem if it's flat, it's mikabel tumah. It does not have to have a clayky bull. It does not have to have a receptacle in order to accept tumah. Other kelim only accept tumah through when they have a clayky bull and they have a receptacle, based on the mars limud from the pasuk by clay midian that compares AIDS, or and everything to a sock. Sock has a receptacle in it, that's how it's utilized. And therefore all these other kelim are domim lesak. And because they're domim lesak, they require a beit kibu. Metal does not have that. Because over there, the Apostle says, puts them in their own category, and they are tzmeim, whether they have a receptacle or not. If they are broken, then they are tor. If he then goes back and use that metal to rebuild the kli, they go back to the original tumah. Whereas the Mishnah kelim, that just described the metallic kelim, there's an equivalent Mishnah for glass utensils. And over there it says, Tan, they're all in the same category. Wood, leather, bones, and glass. Shutehem tehorim. Number one is that when they're flat, they are not mikabel tumah because they require a receptacle of beit kibul. O tmeim. If they have a receptacle, then they become tamei. Nishviru taru. If you break them, they are tor. Hazar kelim. If you reconstitute them, if you put them back together or you use the materials to make a clay, 
They accept Tumah prospectively, not retroactively. Prospectively, yes. Retroactively, no. That differentiates or distinguishes from Kleimatechet. So over here, you wanted to be straddling the fence and have it be both a clay Ferris and a clay Matechet. Over here, there's a property of clay Matechet that it does not have. Tumah says, Tumat clay Zuchuchit de Let's be sure that the fact that the last utensils except Tumah is only a din de Rabbanan. Tumah yishana de Rabbanan. And the fact that when you reconstitute a kli, there's Tumah, that's also a din de Rabbanan. Mina Torah, when you recon- when you break the kli, the Tumah's gone, never comes back again. When you put it back together, or you fix this kli, and now it accepts Tumah retroactively, that's all a din de Rabbanan. Obvious that what we have here is tu dinim de Rabbanan. Which is Tumah do, right? Uh, when we're talking about Tumah, that's Minatorah, Achitu Barabanan Tumah. The Rabbanan instituted in Klei Zuchuchit that it has the same properties as a Klei Matechet. But Tumah Durabanan, when it comes to things that are Tumah Durabanan, Lo Achitu Larabanan Tumah. So then, the Rabbanan did not institute Tumah here. What the Rabbanan said is that Klei Zuchuchit are both Klei Cheres and Klei Matechet. But when it comes to Klei Matechet, they only have the Tumah that is Torah level Tumah of Klematechet. They don't want to go so far as to say that even Dine Durabanan that applied to Klematechet also applied to Klezuchuchit. It would be a Gzera Gzera, although you could just say it's not a Gzera, which is that it just has Tumah like Klematechet, and it's not a Gzera Gzera, but they wanted to only make Klezuchuchit like the Metallic Elim Del Raito. So Gemara asked the next obvious question, which is, the Mishnah also had another distinction. The Mishnayot said that Klematechet, Metallic Elim, accept Tumah even when they're flat. Klei do not accept Tumah when they are flat. Now the Gemara has to ask, what about that? That's the Gemara that says, Why doesn't a Klei the glass utensil that is flat, that doesn't have a receptacle in it, why doesn't it accept Tumah? Just like Klei That's a Din Doraita. That is Min Torah, which we mentioned before. To have a receptacle to become Tameh is true by Eitz or Sak, by those Kelim. Not true by Matechet. And if you're comparing glass to matachet, then it should be also that it's megabal to and it's flat. When it says, Abdi behu rabbanan hekera. Rabbanan made a hekir here. Keichedol lisru falayu tuma bekodashim. They wanted to make sure that people understood that the tuma of klezo kuchit is only midrabbanan. So they accepted something from the tuma. They said if it's a flat utensil, it won't have tuma. To show you the difference between it and klei matachet. Klei matachet is a dindoraita. Glass? That's only a dinder abanan. How do you know that? Because we'll make something unique or distinct about glass, which is that even when it's flat, it's not to make habel tumah. Now the Gemara says, Ravashi Amar. Ravashi says, the olam leklicheres damu. Ravashi goes back to the original premise, which is that they are like klicheres, they are like earthenware utensils. So now he has the problem that we had originally. It is Mikabal Tumah Migaba. We know that by the Klei Cheres, it's only Mikabal Tumah internally, Mi'avirian. So what about that distinction that he has to answer? So with the Kakashalach, Loditamu Migaban, Hovenire Tochoke Baro. This glass is unique. Glass is transparent. Earthenware vessels, we distinguish between the inside and the outside because they're really distinct locations and you can't see what you, what's on the inside, you can't see on the outside. What's on the outside, you can't see on the inside. Glass, on the other hand, even though they're distinct locations, inside and outside, because it's transparent, that which is on the inside is like it's on the outside, what's on the outside is like it's on the inside, 
And you always see that. You pick up a glass, it has some dirt on it. You can't tell. Sometimes it's on the inside or the outside. Oh, you see, you see something that's dirty on the glass. So he's saying, not because... No, they don't have to be clear. They're probably colored. I think most of their glass was colored. It's not saying that, oh, you have to be able to see through it. It's just that because they are somewhat transparent, then he said we don't make that distinction. So as opposed to what we said before, which was the original institution of the Tuman and Klei was because they were similar to Klei Cheres, but the properties of Klei Zuchukit were like that of Klei Ma'atechot, because when you break them, you can reconstitute them. Over here, Rabashi is saying the entirety is based on Klei Cheres. It's Klei Cheres through and through, because both, again, the origins of the Gezeira are in Klei Cheres, as well as its properties. The exceptional property, which is the fact that it's Mikabel Tumami Gaba, even though it's like a klicheres. That's because of this unique property of glass, which is that it's transparent from the inside to the outside, therefore they did not differentiate mitocho le kabo. Ravashi does say, and that's what Tosavot points out over here, that if they are new, please zuchukit. What happens if you get a new class, glass utensil? Well, it'll make a difference what you think it is. If you think it's earthenware utensils, earthenware utensils do not have to go to the mikveh before you use them. Let's say earthenware utensils in their day are the equivalent of what we call plastic today, temporary kleilim. They used them, they threw them. They were more like your disposable type of kleilim. There, klicheres, klicheres do not require mikveh before you utilize them. Kleimatechot, on the other hand, do require mikveh before you use them. So what would have come out to be an afkamina here is if you think that the origins of the gzera klicheres, but it has properties of kleimatechot, then you would require it to go to the mikveh before you used it. On the other hand, Ravashi, who says that klicheres through and through, he says, not only is the origins of the Gzeira Klei but also the Halachot of Klei shouldn't have to take it to the Mikveh beforehand. Tosafot points out that Ravashi does think you have to take it to the Mikveh. So he says, Ravashi can't reject completely Klei He still has the logic in his mind. When they are broken, you can reconstitute them. They still have some properties of Klei which is that they do require Mikveh up front. So Ravashi concedes that point, that they're like Klei at least for that point, which is that they do require mikveh up front. Shimon ben Shatach, tikein ktuba lisha, v'gazar tuma aklematechot. So now we have Shimon ben Shatach, we're going through the brighter that we had quoted, which had Shemai Hillel in it about Yadayim. We're bringing down the other items in that brighter, and we're going through them one by one. So we dealt with Yadayim, Yosef ben Yochanan, and Yosef ben Yezer about Eretz Amim and Tumat Kleizukukrit. And now we're up to Shimon ben Shatach, which is Tuba and Klimatechot. Kumar again does not deal with Ketuba. I mentioned what the Takana of Shimon ben Shatach was with regards to Ketuba, which is that he encumbered the entire property of the man to the woman for her Ketuba in order to prevent the man from having to take the loss up front to set aside the monies to pay the tuba where it made it easy for him to divorce the woman because he had taken the loss already. When he made it that everything was encumbered and the loss was not realized up front, then there was no reserve for the tuba. That means when he divorced her, he'd have to take the loss on the spot, and he would think twice before divorcing his wife. That was the institution of Shem ben Shatach. Then we have, Gezar Tuma Aklematechot. He was Gozer Tuma Aklematechot. Aklematechot, Torah Taninu. What do you mean that he was Gozer Aklematechot? Again, that's in the clay midian, and we know that they are accepting tuma and how you are metaher them. Lo tuma yishana. This is what we just discussed, which is it has to do with this retroactive tuma. 
The Tumah that when you reconstitute the Kli, it has the original Tumah comes back to it. There was this case with Tzion HaMalka. I don't know if this is the equivalent of Shom Tzion HaMalka. She made a party, some sort of celebration for her son. Mishte usually involves marriage or a wedding, but it could be here that it was for some sort of milestone in his life. And all the Kelim became Tmeim. What they ended up doing was they broke all of them, gave them to the smelter or to the blacksmith, and he put them back together. Actually, in this thing, when he says, translates the word Ritran, he says, Sholdibalaz, which is soldering, soldering. They were soldered back together. They're all new. And she went ahead and had the party. So, Amru Chachamim Tumatana Yeshana. They should go back to the original state of Tumat. That's what Shimon Shetach instituted here. My time Mishum Geder Mechatat Naguba. To protect the Paraduma. So Rashi says, because if we didn't do this, Nishtakach Torat Mechatat. Paraduma would go by the wayside. Because if you have a choice, if you have metallic Kelim, you can wait seven days to get them back and be Tahor and go through the whole process of Paraduma. Or you can break them. And resolder them, put them back together, and be done in a day, Probably half a day. Unusable. Correct. You have to ruin their utility, and then just make them usable so again. A hole the size of a Ramon, yeah, it says. The size of a Ramon. A Ramon's pretty big. But anyway, you, you could ruin them from their utility, and then resolder them, and it'd be back together in less than a day. So, which would you choose? Nobody's going to go with the parat chatat anymore. They're all going to use this methodology for going. So, Chazal were afraid. That the whole institution of Chadad, Paraduma, would go by the wayside. Right, but with Kalim at least. Yeah, by Kalim it's more frequent and more likely to be forgotten. They didn't say this about all Tumot, Elul Tumata mate, Bilvad. So then, if the institution of Tumat Yishana is only by Tumata mate, then it makes a lot of sense here. Because all Gedder is for Paraduma, which is only relevant by Tumata mate. So therefore, if the Gzeirah Tumat Yishana is by mate, then this all works well. Amru Shapir. Elamanda, Amru Lechol, Tumot Amru, whoever says that it applies to any Tumah, then Ma'ikol Ameymar. Then Gedr Mechatat is not relevant. Because even a Zab and a Zava, all types of Tumah that affect the Kelim, they're going to also come back. And what does that have to do with Parat Chatat? Marbaye Gzeirah, Shemelo Yikavena, Begedei Ta'arato. So this comes back, maybe it won't make a hole big enough to make it Tahor. It's so exactly the problem that we're discussing here is how big is the hole to ruin its utility? And now you're dealing with something that's quasi-subjective. Because I like to have it to be objective, an objective standard. And so if you don't reach that objective standard, then we're not going to allow it to become tohor. Another possibility, which is that people are going to come to say that you don't need hair of Shemesh. You don't need the sun to set. Because what's going to happen here? You're going to put a hole in the keli, you're going to resolder it, and it's going to be tahor that day. People are going to think that you took it to the mikveh to make it tahor. And they're going to say, wow, he's using it before the sun set on that day. Oh, you don't need the sun to set in order for it to be tahor? The answer is you do, but they use a different methodology. But people won't know that you use the alternative methodology. You just know that it was tamay, and now you're tahor, and you're using it before sunset. My benayu, what's the nafkamina between a bayi and rovaz gzeiro? The ratzfinu miratzif. Perhaps you can harikan... Vishavran Kulan. Kigon Makolet Ritsupa. Makolet Ritsupa is when you smush a louse. So here's the equivalent of flatten it. Flatten out the keli. So Rashi says, well then, if you flatten out, Shemalo Yikaven Aleka. The size of the hole doesn't matter anymore. 
you ruin its utility without ever putting a hole in it because you flattened it out. So the Xero of Shema Yikaveno is not a problem. Lo Yikaveno. Shema Yomru Ika, the fact that it will become Tahor on that day, that there is. Vikadamre, and Rashi brings another Lashon that's just the opposite and he favors it. He says the other Lashon is Shema Lo Yikaveno Ika. Still, the question of a hole is still there. Shema Yomru Leka Hada Minkar Asiyash Nitzchadesh Kulo. Over there, when you put a hole in it and then you solder it, there's a small thing that was changed. It's not clear to people what you did in order to make it to art. It may patch a lot of holes already. But when it comes to flattening the clay, and then you have to reconstitute the whole clay, there it's clear that the whole thing looks new. So in that case, you won't worry about Tvilat Tvat but Shem Yikaveno, you will worry about it. Is he doing enough to ruin the utility of the clay, even when he flattens it out? We're worried that people are not going to take the necessary steps, because the more you do to make it tahor, the more work it is to fix it afterwards. So people are going to be reluctant to go the full distance to make it tahor. Rashi says, He thinks that's the right explanation here of the nafkamina between the two opinions. Alright, now the Gemara comes back, leaves this talk, and says, Idach Mahi goes back to our original point of the Gemara, which is, what are the 18 halachot that were nigzar bobayom? We've been searching for them. We had nine in the Mishnah, and now we want to proceed and find out what the rest of them are. Nine in the Mishnah that we brought from Zavin, that we listed, that we've just been investigating. Yedayim, Ochel, Ochel Rishon, Ochel Chusheni, all of those were mentioned in the Mishnah. Now the Gemara says, I need the rest of the list. What's the rest of the list? And the Gemara says, Titan. You're talking about a mikveh. person puts utensils under the pipe to capture the water, the rainwater. The pipe that we're talking about here, which makes a difference, is if you have a pipe that's made, and then you affix it to the ground, waters for the mikveh that go through that are problematic. They're considered to be meishulvim, they're considered to be drawn water, and cannot be used for the mikveh. On the other hand, if you fasten a log into the ground, and after the fact you carve up the pipeline, that's considered to be mechuber the karka, and that pipe will not ruin the meg shamim. Rainwater that falls in that and dro- ro- rolls off of that into the mikveh will be fine. So because it's considered mechuber the karka, and it's not a problem. So here we're talking about such a pipe. A pipe that was first affixed, then carved out. So it's itself is not problematic for the meg shamim. Had the water flown from that pipe into the mikveh, you would have been fine. What this individual did was stuck a utensil under the pipe to capture the water, and then either took those utensils, poured it into the mikveh, or they overflowed and then went into the mikveh. Whether they are big kelim or small kelim, kelim made out of stone, kelim that are made out of the earth, in distinction to kelim and kelim where you use water and the material and you put them together, you, you knead them, and then you heat them. Over here, you simply use the earth, and then you dry it out. It's just dried out as earth itself. Clay gelalim. Over here, Rashi says something amazing. He says, clay gelalim. Rashi says, shayish, marble. So one of the only places in Shas, I think, that Rashi says it. Everywhere else in Shas, Rashi says, tzviye bakar. Says that it's dumb, which is what clay gelalim should be. And so that's probably the most likely interpretation. Now, all of these examples, the Mishnah is bringing examples of kelim that are otherwise tehorim. These are kelim are not mekabel tumah. Stone kelim, this kelim made out of stone, kelim made out of the earth, kelim that are gedolim, super big, that you can't move them when they're filled. None of these kelim are accepting tumah. Clay gedolim is the same thing, or even if they're clay shayish. All of these items do not mekabel tumah. Nevertheless, poslim et mikveh. They are posel the mikveh because they are classified as kelim with regards to me mikveh, even though they don't have a status of kelim with regards to tumah and tara. 
doesn't matter if you put the utensil there intentionally, or you left it there by accident, it ruins the mikvah. Zilel says, if you forgot it there, we're not going to hold them accountable. I'm a Rabbi Meir. That day they came to a count. They wanted to make a decision. Turns out that Beit Shemai exceeded Beit Zilel, And therefore the Gzera went with Beit Shemai. The Gemara suggesting is that this Gzera is both to On that same day, in the Aliyah of Hananinam, Omodim Beit Shemai b'shochech b'chatzer shutahor. That Beit Shemai agrees, if you leave it out in the chatzer, that that is tahor. Because that is a likely place to leave your kelim. People store the utensils out in their courtyard. We're going to have a, more of a qualification right now in the Gemara, which is, Amar Rabiosi, Adai Machloket Medet. Yossi says this is not one of the items where, where the decision went with Beit Shemai. Machloket still exists between Beit Shemai and Beit Hillel. And our principles are when you have a Machloket Beit Hillel and Beit Shemai, Halacha Ke Beit Hillel. So going to Yossi, the Halacha was like Beit Hillel, not like Beit Shemai on that day. Amar Rabi Beirav Amre. Everybody agrees if they took them out when the clouds were gathering, it looked like that it was going to rain, that they are tmeim. If he puts them out there when the clouds are dispersing, because there it's clear what his intent is. If he puts it out there when the clouds are gathering, he's putting it out there to catch the rainwater. It's clear that he wants that to happen. And then he puts it out there when there are either no clouds. And when they say here the clouds are dispersing, it means that there's no sight of rain, nothing in sight of rain. Then you are teorin. Over there, there's no question, because he doesn't have any intent for rain. He's just putting them outside. That's why he's putting them there. So the usage of the words tmeim and teorim are here are somewhat difficult. Because really, in our case, the issue is kshirim and psulim. Are they kasher for mikveh, or are they pasul for mikveh? The usage of the terminology tmeim and teorim is somewhat suspect. I think, and it's possible that the brighter here, or what they're speaking about, is whether they are machshir, something to be mekabal tomorrow or not. Is this water considered to be ki yutan dumiyat ki yitain? That he wants the water. If he wants the water, then it is makshir the kabel tumah. If he doesn't want the water, it's not makshir the kabel tumah. So it might be that the two are, are correlated. If you want the water to be in there, it's also posel the mikveh, but it's also makshir the kabel tumah. Lo nechlugu, they only argued, ela sheinicham b'shakishuravim. When the clouds were gathering, it looked like it was going to rain. The forecaster said it was going to rain. He takes the kelim matzai. But then, beneath Pazru, as it has it be, all the clouds disappeared, dispersed, and there was no rain. But then, in the end, it does rain, but not at the time that he thought. So, Marsavar Betela Machshavato. Betelel says, his original intent is gone. His original intent was gone because he was originally, he had intent, but then he became a shocheach afterwards because he just left them there. Marsavar, lo Betela Machshavato. His original intent is not nullified, because he intended originally to get the rain, and if it only rains later, right, the fact that he didn't think about this rain doesn't change the fact that it counts. So over here, the question is, does the Kavanah for the first rain work, or to apply to the second rain? Beit Shemai says yes, Beit Hillel says no. So now we have another one of the 18. But the Gemara says, Udu Rabbi Yossi, Damar, Machloket, Adain, Bimkoma, Omedet. Rabbi Yossi, who says that, Beit Shemai, Beit argue here, Batsri, Lo. He has one less than 18 now, because we're counting this as one of the 18. What does Rabbi Yossi replace here? He says, Also, the din of benot kutim, daughters of the kutim that are nidot marisatan. They have a classification of being a nida from birth. That happened on that day. Very good question. 
Here it sounds like it's only according to Rabbi Yossi. But the Gzira does apply to everybody. Tosafot deals with it a lot over here. Says Rabbi Yossi the Shitato actually does not even have this Gzira. So he says the Gzira has to apply even according to Rabbi Yossi's Shita. Makhluk of the weather, Kutim or Geri Arayot or Geri Amet. And according to the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who says that the Geri Arayot, then the whole Gzira here doesn't make sense. Because they're not even really Jewish. If they're not Jewish, the whole Gzira was instituted because of the problem that they have with the Dine Nida. They do not subscribe to our Dinim of Dine or the Torah of of Dine Nida. And therefore they made mistakes. And they said a woman was Torah even though she was really Tmeah. And that's the institution. We learned that in the Gemara Nida. That was what the whole institution's about. That only applies if you think they are Geri Amet. If they're Geri Arayot, then they're not Jewish. So then the whole institution of Zerah doesn't make sense. So over here, how could it be? So what Tosavot says is that it must be that everybody subscribes to this Gezerah. Even though they think that they are Gerayot, but for a different reason. Which is that, For getting mixed up. Mixing with them and getting Tamei from them. That it was a general institution of Tumah with regards to the Kutim, independent of this reason that is specified in the Mishnah in Nida. He says that this institution applied to everybody. So once you do that... Then you're back to square one, does it apply to everybody? And if you look in the counts, the 18 items, for instance, some of the Bishonim Echonim bring it, some don't bring it. So, if you don't count it, then you have to come up with the additional items. And that's part of the question of the 18 items. Gemara doesn't give you all of the numbers. You have to try to figure out what's missing. And that sometimes, we're going to come up to, at the end of the Gemara, that there's another Gzera. Gzera involves three items. Are those considered to be three separate Gzeros? Or is it one big Gzera? So that also makes a difference how you count the other items. Did you count the two in the Mishnah before? Lo yikre lo oraner, and lo yafle lo oraner. If you count those two, then you only need 16 more. According to the Rambam, we don't count those two, then he needs 18 more. So you can see that the count will depend on what you include, what you don't include, so the same thing over here. Stop over here.